This is Tony. And this is Andy. And this is Yenzanat. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Yenzanat. This is episode 33, I believe. This is Andy with Tony. First one of 2021. Yes. So it's all up or downhill from here. That's very predictive. Yes. <laughs> so did you have a, a good New Year's? Did you do anything fun? It was nice and quiet. I sat around and played video games and talked on Zoom with a bunch of friends for about four hours as we drank and then called it an early night and went to bed. Hmm. I had a couple friends over. We had some drinks. Some of us had too many drinks. <laughs> uh, it was it was a entertaining evening. It was definitely nice to actually be in person with some people rather than just on Zoom or anything. So it was nice. Okay, did you, I have to, I do have to mention, did you watch any bit of the train wreck? I, I know you probably didn't. The train wreck that was on Fox that was Ken Jeong and Joel McHale. No, no, I didn't watch any of that. And that was actually part of one of our discussions over Zoom. I think it was Family Guy ended up having a little sequence about the Teen Choice Awards. Mm -hmm. And that's what I felt this was. At no point did I recognize the majority of the stars that were going to be on these, you know, Dick Clark's. Rockin' New Year's Eve. Yeah, like J-Lo. Okay, I know that name. We're good. And then it was like Michael Chad Michelson. Chad Michael Chatterson. Chad Michael Chatter Chatterton. Chatterton, like whatever, just a whole bunch of nobodies that I've never heard of Mm -hmm. that are apparently YouTube or Twitch celebrities. So not my cup of tea. And I thought, this is how I know, cemented in fact that I'm old because I don't give a shit about any of those people. Haven't heard any of their music, haven't heard of their celebrity, expect them to not be, fuck, not be alive in three months. Yeah. So- didn't have a care at all to turn on the TV because it's irrelevant now. Yeah, we we put it on with like 10 minutes left just to see what what's out there, you know, cuz growing up we did have the like Dick Clark Rock and New Year's Eve uh gathering on the TV and and you know, watching the the ball drop. You know, we always watched that. I don't necessarily care about it all that much, but I was like, okay, you know, they want to have some sort of countdown. So that's what we did. And realizing, <laughs> realizing it, uh, I don't have cable. It's over the air. So we're doing everything and it's, it's going on. We're watching the TV and it's saying like, you know, 10, nine, eight. And then looking at the the clock because it's, there's the, the difference. I mean, it was already midnight. <laughs> So we counted down to like 1210 or something. (laughs) But it was watching that show, just like the little bit of it. One, they were I love Joel McHale and Ken Jeong. I think they're great. They both seemed pretty intoxicated and just it was just stupid. Like it was really stupid. There's not no reason for any of it. Um it was just I like you, I'm old. And it just, none of it seems, I don't connect with any of that. Anything that was happening, I really didn't connect with. Yeah. Yeah, There there are some traditions that are meant to be broken. And that one, at least for the last couple of years, is one that I have no issue with breaking. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine to drop the ball and, and 
they dropped the ball during dropping the ball. It's funny. Uh, yeah, it was it was not fun watching that. So anyway, yeah, New Year's was okay. I you know had some drinks and just tried to wash away the the stank of 2020 because 2020 was a big fucking stinker. There were some good things that happened, bad things that happened. I know we discussed it all in detail, but you know, it really want to have some positivity into 2021 because it has to get better. Well, speaking of that positivity, so there's another tradition that comes along with the new year Mm -hmm. that a lot of people subscribe to of the new year's resolution. So do you have any for yourself? In previous years, I have done resolutions, but I feel that they're just kind of empty promises because you always say, okay, it's new year, new me, I'm going to do this. And that lasts for maybe a week or two tops. It never lasts longer than six months at the most. I kind of stopped making resolutions some some years ago because it's just, I, I don't want to lie to myself. <laughs> I'm not going to like really do these things. If I... If I want to make a change, I really need to actually act and do it and not wait until the end of the year to say, oh, I'm going to do this now. It's like, no, just fucking do it whenever you want and stick with it if you want to. So, so yeah, I'm not, I, I didn't have any. I mean, the only thing I said to myself is for 2021, I just want to be a better person and try to do better. Not really a resolution, just a mental note to myself. No, it's honestly, it is what they are, is mental notes on changing behavior somehow, changing some habits. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of along the same lines as you are, where it just seems like a lot of the New Year's resolutions are such pie in the sky type statements, where (laughs) it's difficult to actually map that journey until you get to this super awesome resolution that I'm trying to get to that you forget about within the first three to four weeks of actually doing it because those habits and discipline just isn't there. Along the same lines, I've stopped making those big ass like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to turn back time. I'm going to learn drums, like whatever, whatever it is. I'm going to continue on the voiceover journey and I'm going to try to start treating this more like a business because that's the baby steps moving forward. So small goal of auditioning and making sure that I don't procrastinate on those things. And the only other thing, and this is kind of ongoing, it wasn't really a New Year's resolution, but that kind of solidified it was actually getting a real one-on-one voiceover coach. I started the vetting process, I guess, of looking at options online without making a decision just yet. But I think that's the next step for me. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, like I said, little steps to actually get some traction, get some momentum and move forward with it. I'm not saying that I'm going to be, you know, my New Year's resolution is to be a voice on one of the new Disney cartoons coming out because that's not going to happen. It simply isn't. The little steps to get there is what will help that happen eventually. Yeah, and that's all you need to do is like just keep trying. And even if you don't make it, you know, keep trying. And if, and when you do make it, cause you know, you will, it will be like, okay, don't forget the little people. <laughs> can we, can we get a sponsor for this fucking show? Right. I mean, how many times do I have to like talk about Maggie's farms or Lagavulin or Evan Williams, honey whiskey or 
anything else bunny bunny what was that you were drinking last time bunny. the bunny whiskey bunny whiskey Bo- buna bang buna bang buna bang something like that yeah like i said too many consonants too many vowels in there the word just doesn't make sense yeah but it is what it is and yeah i think for that to actually take hold we're going to need more than 15 listeners and we'll probably have to mention that another i don't know 45 times an episode okay so this next segment is brought to you by nobody but (laughs) you give us some money we will plug the shit out of you (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so no, no other resolutions or anything. Nah, no. So today there was some, some bullshit that was released. Well, not bullshit. I mean, it's, it's just fucking crazy talk. There's an article in the Washington Post and, you know, we have a strict, like, let's not get political. We have, we have a strict, no general guideline guideline to stay away from politics. And we, we've only touched them a little bit, you know on the doll we only touched a little bit but and and we plan on sticking you know away staying away from talking a lot of politics but there's one thing that just happened today that is just it's ridiculous and it needs to it needs to be addressed so apparently trump called the georgia secretary of state and there's a phone recording of him talking to the Secretary of State of Georgia, and he was going on basically spouting all kinds of shit and trying to manipulate him to change the election results for himself. I just gotta say, anyone at this point who supports this, this is this is like is treason, you know, because you're trying to take this democracy that we have and change it into something else. I'm just. I can't believe somebody is that fucking stupid to do that, what he just did. And I, I'm just, I'm, my mind is blown. Like, I didn't think it could be blown anymore. But if you're going to be that stupid, it should be right now. Like, somebody should be going to the White House to haul him to jail. Not only that, any of those supporters who are, any of those elected official supporters who are trying to overturn this election by voting and, and whatever else, you know, I mean, those people should be hauled off too because they're trying to steal our fucking country. Yeah. So I needed to, to vent about that. No, I'm right there with you. There are very specific definitions for the crimes of treason and sedition. They're enshrined there is a very, very specific definition for them. Now, whether this meets them or not, legal scholars will have a blast with it. Mm -hmm. What you mentioned just earlier, it wasn't that he's this stupid. It's that he's this arrogant. Of all of the crimes, and there are many, and they are fucking documented, that he has committed and his administration has committed while they were in office, he has not been held accountable. All of the things that we read about and learned in high school civics class, they've broken down. Mm -hmm. because that administration has very powerful allies in the Senate. The Republican credo of deny, gaslight, project is very strong here. There were very few results of voter fraud, and every single one was committed by a Republican supporter. Mm -hmm. All this imaginary shit that they're trying to, to hoist onto the opposition, they're 
vehemently and proudly guilty of, but they're throwing that distraction out there and the idiot supporters, yes, I fucking dismiss them as people. If they support this administration, their opinions are meaningless to me. You cannot be what I consider a, an empathetic person and have any kind of rationale that would lead you to support what has been happening here. So yeah. that's why we stay away from a lot of the political talk, because yes. first it gets me angry and then it alienates friends and acquaintances because I still have friends and acquaintances that for some fucking insane reason support this horse shit. <laughs> so rather than dive into it, we try to stay away from it, mostly for our own sanity. Yes. But yeah, at this point, there needs to be some accountability here. These Republican senators and representatives that are committing sedition, like I said, it's a defined fucking crime. There are defined consequences for these, and they need to be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. The problem is they won't be because nobody is willing to stand up and make those consequences stick, mm -hmm. which is just going to make this problem worse in the future when people that are actually competent at being utter dipshits get up to those uh, podiums. I mean, basically, our country's being hijacked. Attempted to right now. Yeah. We'll see what actually happens. So this was Michelle's Political Corner, and it's brought to you by Candy, because candy. All right. So, yeah, moving on. I know hockey starts today, right? Isn't today training camp? Yep, opening day of a whole bunch of teams on their training camp days. So, <laughs> so Michelle's just going to love this episode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm excited to get the ball rolling because – you know, usually I've been to like two or three games at this point. And so having not having it for a while and then having it, those the playoffs, which it was nice to have. It was sad to see us exit so quickly, but that's life. <laughs> and yeah, I, I'm just really excited for it to be back. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sporting the Panthers jersey that I got uh, last year when I went mm -hmm. out to the games. And I think what I had heard or read on their site was that they were looking at 25% capacity in the stadium and only season ticket holders can purchase those tickets. I don't know like mm -hmm. how that actually works, how they're, they're validating that, but season ticket holders are the only ones who are allowed. They can obviously resell them out to the general public. Yeah. That's been the standard operating procedure for years where mm -hmm. season ticket holders will sell them to the games they can't go to so other people can get in there and enjoy it and they make a profit, whatever. It's going to continue here. It's just at a much, much lesser frequency because yeah. I think they're really trying to constrain who is sitting there and where they're sitting in the bowl. That's great and all. You know, we need to make sure that until this whole pandemic is really actually under control that the social distancing and all that kind of fun stuff is still in place. The problem is the herding of people on the way in and on the way out. That's never, ever going to be orderly. It's not orderly in the best of situations. And people simply don't give a shit about that in Florida. They're happy to cough and sneeze on everybody. So go ahead and let them do that. As they're leaving, there's just going to be a mass of COVID exhalations. Mm -hmm. I'll continue to watch it on TV. 
I'm thrilled that hockey is back. I'm not going to any of the games, at least for a very long time, which is unfortunate because those drives and those experiences were fun, but, uh, you know, not really worth getting the COVID. No, I, I really don't want to put myself at risk either. I, I mean, I feel that during this whole time, I've, I've done a good job at isolating myself, but having some sort of, of bubble in a way where I've seen some family members and I've seen some friends and I'm not really putting myself at, at risk or exposure by doing a, ta- a lot of um, social activities or shopping or anything. I, I try to, when I do my shopping, I try to go at times where it's going to be very quiet, you know, where I'm not beating any rush or anything. So I don't want to put myself at risk. I don't want to put anyone else at risk. So I won't be going to any games anytime soon. It sucks, but I mean, that's why I got the NHL package so I can watch every fucking hockey game that I want. And sometimes two at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't beat it. No. But yeah. And, and hopefully uh, before the season starts or right when it starts, we'll have something for all you hockey people out there. I'm, I'm excited. I think this season for the Penguins is a do or die season. There are a lot of folks, uh, our good friend Urinating Tree is one of them, that believes that the window has firmly closed. Yeah. I'm not so sure, but I do think that if this is not a successful year, some very difficult cuts will be made. Mm -hmm. And this is Sullivan's do or die year. Honestly, he should have been gone last year. But circumstances decreed, he's still with the team. I think he's been figured out. I think that his familiarity with the players on the team, while good in some aspects, has hindered his decision-making capabilities as far as who to put out there at the same time and when to change them and when to actually shake things up for the better instead of just fucking with chemistry. There's a lot that I'm seeing that is reminiscent of our good friend Disco Dan. And yeah. that's not a good thing. No, I agree. I feel that unfortunately, as much as you love a coach and what they've done for your team and in your the organization, it's a job and the job is a high risk job. So, I mean, you could have some great seasons and you know what, you'll always be in like the team's um, like hall of fame, you know, just you'll be in there like Disco Dan. I was glad he came when he did. We won a cup. You know, we were competitive. Couldn't get over that second hump, you know, get some new blood in there. And I feel that players get too comfortable with coaches after a while because it's not just, okay, I'm your coach. It's more like we're friends. And it's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll let Ole Matta play for, for a while. I'll let Jack Johnson play for a while. Well, you know, you really need to do what's best for the team, not just for your friend. And, and, and you like a person. I mean, I like a lot of people, but you know, there's just, you just can't do that. So. Yeah, I'm I, sure I, Jack Johnson is a great person off the ice. He's a fucking pylon and he shouldn't have been on the ice. He should be playing a beer league. And he would absolutely wipe the floor with everybody there. Cause there is a specific skill set that is needed in order to play hockey. Mm-hmm. He just didn't have it at the highest level. No. At lower levels. Sure. He's the Wayne Gretzky of the Bellevue Beer League. I'm absolutely positive. Yeah. Not the NHL level. Yeah. So I feel, like you said, he's going to be gone. If, if we don't get past the first round, he's done. I, I would expect 
So I know that this is a shortened season. We only have 50 some games. Mm-hmm. And usually the Penguins go on like a January skid anyway. They skid and they get a little bit hotter, hopefully, as the playoffs start happening, getting into kind of the March or April time frame. Mm-hmm. This is a completely different season. I would imagine that if the Penguins do not come out to a fair start, like if they look like they're tanking for the number one uh, draft pick next year, he's gone before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They brought in a lot of new faces in order to try to shake things up on a number of lines. The biggest one would be Kapanen coming in and Hornquist leaving. Those yeah. are some major changes. Now, Hornquist's production had dropped. He plays a specific style that doesn't get better with age, but he was from all accounts, the kind of spiritual leader of the team in the locker room. And there's something to be said for intangibles. Yeah. Are they worth that contract? Well, for debate. And I've probably fall on the, yeah, probably not side, but that's a guy that can rally the troops. And he had done that quite obviously in previous games on the ice. Mm-hmm. He might not score the goals. He might not get the assists but he certainly bolsters the guys that do. Yeah. And with him gone and nobody else coming in, that's going to hit hard and it's going to mean other people have to stand up and take that place. Who is that? That's an open position right now. So yeah. somebody needs to step up and take that. We've always had somebody in that position be the veteran leader mm-hmm. going way back to like Gary Roberts and Bill Guerin and... uh Matt Cullen, you know, they were the veteran presences who were able to help bolster the younger crew, tell them what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it. Did the younger crew actually, at that time, did they actually take that advice to heart? And now Sidney Crosby can be that guy? Maybe. I, I think he he's doing a pretty good job of filling that, but that's not what his specific role was all about. Yeah. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting year playing, you know, with new divisions and everything. I don't want to get too, too into the hockey. Cause then like, I, I would like to have like deer's point of view and like Jay and everything as well, but with the different divisions and us, we're basically playing the capitals, the flyers, what Rangers Islanders, it, it's going to be hard. Cause unfortunately the other teams are good. I mean, we might be last place in our fucking in our fucking division and that's because there's a lot of good teams out there and i hate to say the flyers but so yeah i'm i just it's gonna be rough i i could definitely see us not making the playoffs and i can see us failing miserably because i it just we're at that point there's that patented andy optimism i've come to love yeah well you know i'm usually more optimist optimistic than i am right now but you know See, Mal's, Mal's not too thrilled either. I know. Mal's chiming in. Yeah. So excited for hockey. I don't know about you, but the time that I've had off, I've done a whole lot of nothing. I played some video or some disc golf because there was a bunch of snow on the ground and everything. But the one thing I have been playing a lot is video games, specifically Cyberpunk, which is a great game if you have a next-gen system. <laughs> Apparently, if you have an older gen system you uh you can join the class action lawsuit 
I'm not having any issues. I have the new Xbox and it runs pretty fucking fantastic for me. Uh, and it's an interesting game. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I don't know. Like, what have you been playing? Got back a little bit into World of Warcraft, playing with a couple of the guys that I played with probably 10, 15 years ago when we were doing the hardcore progression rating. Mm-hmm. They had jumped back into play and corralled me as well so that we're going through all of the old school dungeons that we had done years and years ago, but doing it on level as a three man because why, why make it easy? Mm-hmm. Um, so like one or two nights a week, we'll jump on and play for like two or three hours of that. Then it's really uh, watching TV and reading comics. I started to dive back into the Comixology app and they've had a whole bunch of sales where I can pick up a ton of the things that not only do I have somewhere stashed away in actual physical form, but there are a lot of newer titles from more indie companies that I've been kind of pouncing on. So Mm -hmm. if they're nice and cheap, I have no problem throwing a couple of bucks to see what these things are about. And Comixology actually makes that pretty easy to do usually have the Kindle open. And if I'm watching TV, I have that beside me and I'm kind of flicking through the pages. One of the nice things about uh, the, the recent holiday releases was Hulu put up all of season four of Rick and Morty. And I've only seen like the first half of it. I haven't seen the second half. So I'm now catching up on that. Wow. I yeah, it's know like this. six months behind or so. I didn't know this. So I... <laughs> I thought you had watched all of the Rick and Morty. This is news to me. I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed that you haven't seen it sooner. If it's not on Hulu or Amazon Prime, I don't see it. Yeah, Hulu just, I guess, just brought that out. Or I just discovered it on there because it showed up in my recommendations as watch season four, episode one. And I was like, oh, that's right. So yeah, the whole 4B was not put out or whatever the contract was. It wasn't there with the first half of season four. So I've seen the first half haven't seen the second half now thrilled to be going back through and watching them all again well that's cool then we should uh we should watch it and then review them i would like to, i could do that it's it's such a good show i'll watch it over and over we don't have we have no idea when the new season's coming out do we i haven't the slightest clue because season season 4b is brand new to me so i've got a, <laughs> I've got a little bit of watching to do before season five becomes a twinkle in dan Harmon's eye yeah, we'll probably have it next year. <laughs> I will say that a lot has been released recently. So you had the new season of Letterkenny, which I, I enjoyed. There was the third season of Cobra Kai, which is a fantastic show. And this season was just fucking amazing. It really touched its roots, you know, it really went back to a lot of that. And and it, it grew and I really, really like where it ended up. I, I kind of knew it was, it was kind of like, okay, at some point in, ter- in, in time in this series, this is going to happen. And that's kind of what happened. And I'm excited for season four to come out sometime next year, because, you know, that's the only thing it sucks when everything's released at once is like, okay, yay, I watched it all in one day. Now I have to wait another year until I can watch any more. But yeah, that's good. And then the other thing I, I'm starting is Sabrina season four or part four. Did you watch that at all? Not at all. It's really good. You should watch it. I know you won't, but it's it's good. 
it's on Netflix, so it's not on Hulu or anything else. So maybe you can, if there's a record exchange down there, get some DVDs. <laughs> yeah, there isn't. Uh, I actually went looking for one when I was trying to buy some older backwards compatible video games and there are pawn shops all over the place, but I'm not stepping foot in any of those. What are you looking for? Oh, there was just a bunch of kind of like uh, the Blood Rain backwards compatibility games because I know I loved that game at one point and I kind of want to see how it holds up, especially if it's like $2 mm. because I did the same thing with, I think I mentioned this, Mercenaries. Yes, I loved playing that game when it was new and I bought it for like $3 on sale and it was fucking terrible. <laughs> I couldn't get very far with it at all because not only were the controls bad and dated and the graphics bad and dated, but just the general gameplay loops were bad. Mm -hmm. It didn't have any incentive compared to some of the more modern games that were much more enjoyable. Even the sequels to it were much more enjoyable as much as I remember loving that game, yeah, there are things that remain uh, safely tucked away in the nostalgia bank. And there were some games like the Blood Rain and some of the other ones that were twisted metal games, things like that, that are probably backwards compatible and probably for like $2 a piece that I'm like, oh yeah, $2, I'll pick that up and play yeah. and at least see if it was worthwhile or not before using the, the disc as a coaster. But it appears that the GameStop model of having all of those old games available for resale is kind of going away. They're becoming uh, Funko Pop display units rather than GameStops. So, and that's fine because quite frankly, fuck them. You know, you could have entire collections of stuff and they would say, you know, that's worth about $4 of trade-in. And you're like, uh, how about my junk is $4 of trade-in? So back up off of these nuts. <laughs> So I'm, I'm not going to be sad to see GameStop go away. Well, I mean, they have to hold on to something because, I mean, we used to go to GameStop to buy games and a lot of people are buying that digitally now. So they're, you know, the middleman's gone. So they need something that, you know, you can physically have in your hand and play with or whatever. So that's why they're all really big on the collectibles. And oh, sure. I mean, I don't, I don't blame them for that adaptability. In fact, mm -hmm. good on them for pivoting like that because they saw that having those games, physical copies of the games are going away when digital is a thing. And in fact, what is it? Some of the newer consoles don't even have a drive. Everything is intended to be digital. So if there's nothing to put the disc into, there's no market for the discs. And they pivoted and know that, yeah, the, all of those collectibles are things that people want. So kudos to them. I just don't give a shit. Yeah. I, well, I just don't want them to, I, I want them to reinvent themselves and not go out of business because if you take them away, I mean, there's Amazon, there's Target, there's Best Buy, but there's really no other game stores or anything, you know, that's specialized unless you, well, I mean, even like record exchanges and small like chain stores or stuff like that, you know, th those are a different thing. So like, I, I like being able to have the competition so then you can get actually get deals. Not that, I mean, cause that's, I usually don't buy games brand new, certain like games I do, but for the most part, if I'm going to buy a game or whatever, it's like, I'm not going to buy it at full price. I'm going to get it when it's on sale or I can trade in stuff for it or whatever. I don't want to just spend all my money on fucking video games. I would so just game like passes for well yeah I have that but they don't have 
everything that I want either. Sure. But Game Pass is a great, great thing to have. You get access to all kinds of good free games. There's some shit, but you know, there's some really good stuff out there and stuff that you never would have known about if you didn't have that. Definitely. That's been the big gem here for me was there are some real stinkers out there. Games that I have no interest in because of the genre or the graphics or whatever. And they're on Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Maybe it pads the numbers. Maybe it actually gives the publishers and developers some good money that they wouldn't otherwise get. Cool beans. I'm not going to play those ones, but I'm glad they're there. They do have a lot of the not quite exclusive releases, but the platform releases that show up there. You know, Bethesda is now part of the Microsoft ecosystem and they're going to be putting things out there as their first release on Game Pass. There are other ones on there like the Talos Principle and other things that I never would have discovered otherwise. And I certainly would have paid full price for. Mm -hmm. But after giving it a shot and diving into the game for a little bit, I realized, holy shit, this is a lot of fun. And I was thrilled that I saw that on Game Pass and continued to play it despite, you know, whatever it was that wasn't the AAA attraction to pull me into it. I thought, this game looks kind of neat. It's recommended to me for some reason and whatever that reason might be because I play other games that are similar to it or have friends that play that game or recommended it to me. I found it, played it, and when it was on sale, actually bought it instead of just relying on Game Pass to have it in the library forever because it's it's a nice like window shopping browse deal. Yeah. Have you played Slay the Spire? No. You should try that. It's a lot of fun. I am not a fan of roguelikes at all. Okay. So that entire gameplay and who knows, roguelite and roguelike and roguelite are applied to all sorts of things that may not be accurate but anytime somebody applies that to a game it's usually a safe bet that i'm not going to like it Hmm. even games that i started out to like like ftl i enjoyed that game jack recommended it to me and i thought this is really good for maybe the first five hours of playing it and then i started to hate it like it wasn't a i'm not interested in this anymore there was a full-on pivot of i fucking hate this game now that gameplay in roguelike of memorize everything and here's some random shit that happens and then you're dead and you're a little bit stronger the next time you run through the exact same thing over and over and over again not my bag so yeah when roguelike roguelite any of those are applied i look the other way okay well i i enjoyed the game it was fun so that's why i'm just no if you're enjoying it absolutely have a blast with it i just know that those types of games are not my thing mm-hmm. um I'm, not, I'm certainly not bagging on the game i've heard a lot of good things about it especially from people that like those types of games it's really good example of that yeah just that whole genre it's like it's like if you had recommended to me an r&b singer i'd be like no, doesn't matter because i'm not going to listen to it well first off i'd never do that True. <laughs> but i mean there are other genres okay let's go with the soft jazz because you'd be like, hey, you should listen to this soft jazz music. And I'll be like, no, nope. I'm not going to. Glad you enjoy it. Uh, not my thing. I mean, it's just nice to listen to it when you're on the porch and you're having a drink and you're winding down. I also I listen Scandinavian to death metal. Yeah. I mean, I also listen to shit like that. That's all screamy and, and nasally. And, you know, I love all kinds of different music. Hopefully we get some live shows happening sometime 
by the end of this year because it's going to suck if you can't go to a concert this year. So if there was no risk concerts being played at the end of this month, top three, who would you go see? Well, I had tickets to see Pearl Jam, so I would love to see them. That would be my, what, 35th show of theirs that I've seen. I would like to see the band Royale because they haven't been anywhere near me. And the last album was phenomenal. And I would really like to see those guys live. And another band that I would like to see live, and it's not something, I don't love their music all. I, I really like a couple songs, but I'm, I, I would just like to see them live. And that it's a band called Half Alive. I don't know how to explain them, but you won't like them. So <laughs> I'm not even, even going to go there. So yeah, that's, that's about it. Those three, probably. How about you? Uh, Sabaton, Unleash the Archers. And probably in flames. I'd be interested to see their latest lineup. Okay. Yeah. Unleash the Archers recently came out with a new album. I would love to see them play in a much smaller venue. Just play that entire album. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, Sabaton just always puts on a great show. And they just put out an album last year as well. I did see that actual tour and they did kind of a bracket of their underappreciated songs recently and i didn't agree with pretty much any fucking round that actually went through yeah because i usually like the underdog better than the one that won but hearing kind of those b-sides would be awesome so uh and, and yeah like i said in flames with their newest latest lineup playing some of the old favorites would be neat like what their new take on it is one that was glaringly missing from my choice was Mastodon. And there's a reason for that. I would not want to go and see Mastodon play at the end of January because I want them to get busy putting out new fucking music for us. And they are, which is great. I want them to continue working on that next album instead of catering to my goofy wishes of them playing a show. Yeah. I want that new music from them. So no, if they came out and were like, hey, we're going to play a show. I'm like, no, get the fuck back in the studio. <laughs> Well, no, they can play a show. They just have to play all the new music. <laughs> well, that's the like the that's not written or practiced yet. I mean, Bill Kelleher just posted about you know he's in the studio actually working on riffs, so they're yeah. actively composing the stuff right now. Keep composing, keep putting it together. Bring me new music. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah if they I, had it already, then absolutely play me some of the new stuff. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I would like that. I, I'm really hoping that 2021 is the year of new music because everyone was fucking quarantined last year, that they had so many ideas and everyone got together and started recording and everything. So I hope that every fucking band comes out with new music next year or this year, because it is 221, um, 2021, whatever, fuck it. Yeah, so I really hope that this year is the year of new music. I can dig it. Yeah. All right, so we'll kind of make it short. This is kind of the 2021 primer. We'll get more into newer topics, bring back some more hockey talk here soon, movie talk, music talk, what you've grown to expect and love from the Yinz and Nat Yinzers here. Best of 2021 to you. We'll see you next week.